Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 294 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jaime Landeros. We have completely finished the group stage of the Gold Cup. Mexico awaits their opponent for the next round. And there's also the Olympic squad making their debut on Thursday in Japan against France. Should be a good one tonight. But before I go any further, let's welcome Joel. Joel, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. I'm bit excited for the league. We'll be starting soon as well, even though my goats picked zero players. The goats will be toothless come the kickoff. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling positive. Well, um, we've been here before. We've always extended our hand to the 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 bigger cause, which is a national du- national duty, giving all of our fruits and labors to a bigger cause in the Gold Cup. And in past, we've we've done it for Confederations, we've done it for the World Cup. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how this team handles Atlético San Luis on Saturday. Yeah, that's how quickly Liga Mexis is kicking off. But before all that, we had to catch up on some Gold Cup action. Uh, Between our last episode, Mexico played twice after struggling against Trinidad y Tobago, nil-nil, losing Chucky Lozano to an injury. Uh, he's out for, for six weeks. They came back, <clears throat> played against Guatemala, who were not even supposed to be in this tournament. They were uh, filling in a spot for Curaçao, who unfortunately just had too many COVID cases. So Guatemala, who doesn't even want to be here, got pounded 3-0 by La Selección. And who other than Rogelio Funes Mori scoring twice and Orbelin with the the dagger. So far, it's been pretty good for Funes Mori, huh? Yeah, he's and this is like we we talked about how this could be his his tournament to win over a lot of the skeptical or a lot of the fans. Absolutely. Um, but, but I'm pretty sure he's done enough. Going twice. For Tata to take him into the eliminatoria. Yep. I mean, he's uh, scoring goals. You can't complain there. And in my book, he's Mexican. I saw him singing the national anthem. It's legit. It's official. He knows the lyrics, at least. He knows the lyrics. After that 3-0 pounding, Mexico played again on Sunday. Check this. They played El Salvador. They were, and this is the first time I've seen this in a long time, but they were actually outnumbered at the Cotton Bowl. 
I did not expect El Salvador to show up as far as the fan support, but it was all blue out there. I don't know if you caught the game. No, I was working, but I'm not too surprised. I think a lot of, you know, like El Salvador fans don't get many opportunities to watch, to watch um, their team, their team play live. So, and that's, you know, you got to give it to that fan base, even, even though, even though they're not playing so good, they still, they still support. And, and just the, the rivalry they have with Mex, you know, they, they've always seen Mex as their big rivals, uh, or one of them. You could say Honduras, probably Guate are among, among their close, um, but, but I, just safe to say, Max is one of their bigger, bigger rivals. So to play them, and I think they always see it as a measuring stick as well. You know the way Max fans, when they play Argentina or Brazil, kind of, kind of let you know how how good the team is. Um, but but yeah, I, I think uh, you know I, I just. You could say a lot of the Mex fans just kind of, they sort of have turned on the team. I don't know if you could tell from social media, just a lot, very negative. So not surprised a lot of them stayed home. Yeah, uh, I was really impressed with the turnout at the Cotton Bowl. Not only that, but it was actually the most watched Gold Cup group Stage match on U.S. television in a decade. 3.79 million viewers. So, just amazing. Yeah, those are the Mex fans that... (laughs) That's the other thing, you know, you don't have to... You don't have to go to the stadium anymore. They used to do blackouts. So, if you were in the... If you were in the city where the game was being played... You wouldn't be able to watch it, but that that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and you know, I watched the game, and I'll be honest. I think El Salvador merited like a draw. They played very well, and uh, they should be proud of this loss. And uh, Chaka Rodriguez, out of all people, was the goal scorer. Very early in the match, and that was unfortunately the only game. So, um, Mexico win the group because El Salvador had won their first two games. So, Mexico had to win this match in order to get the first seed. They end the group with seven points, El Salvador with six. As far as the United States, they won all three games. So, they have. Nine points. Canada has six points. Costa Rica also won all their games. Jamaica in second place. And as of right now, uh, Qatar. Qatar actually won the group. They were invited as a guest, and they ended up winning the group. Huh? Go figure, man. I didn't even know they were, man. That's how much attention I've been paying <laughs> to this tournament. I didn't figure, man. Yeah. That's, 
that's what we've been critical about, you know, um, when, when it comes to the controversy of the, of the chant. Um, and it's like, just Qatar's thing. I guess it's better um, to put the spotlight on Mex. Now it makes more sense to me. <laughs> hey, don't don't take a look at what's going on over here. Those <laughs> fans are yelling obscenities. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't make such a big thing of Gold Cup, and I already been seeing, you know, like you mentioned, Chitata's uh, job be on the line. I'm like. Who cares, you know? Winning it doesn't guarantee anything, really. Like, like guarantee as far as, like, you're doing this good or that bad. Ah. Uh, you know? And I don't think that each tournament, it's like its own separate thing. Uh, for example, going into Argentina 78 World Cup, Mexico dominated. I believe they won every game, but... They, they dominated qualifiers. They go into the World Cup and get embarrassed. You know? 78 was in uh, Argentina? Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the worst World Cups for Mex. Uh, just last place. They finished last place. Oh, wow. You know, they, they just got, they got beat pretty bad. Uh, and then... That was 78, and then they miss out in 82. Let's see. Yeah, they missed. Mexico lost to Tunisia, got destroyed by West Germany 6-0, and then Poland 3-1. Wow, you ain't kidding. Yeah, and, and I saw an interview, like an old interview, I think. I don't know if it was, uh, what was the dude? He played at Pumas, and he coached the women's team for a long time. Hmm. Uh, he had a fro. He had a like he had the Hugo Sanchez fro from way back. <laughs> Treyes, I can't remember his name, but he was the the Mexico uh, women's coach for like I don't know ten twenty years. But he was in that squad, and he was talking about how they didn't even know anything about Tunisia. They didn't even study them. He's like, wow. and and up until that point, no African team had gotten a win at the World Cup. So that was the first. Wow, always on the wrong side of history, Mexico. In... <laughs> <laughs> That's not as bad as like I think it was the second World Cup, and they travel all the way to Italy, and you know back then it was like a month long boat travel. Right. And they, they agreed to play the U.S. in the qualifier in Italy. So, like, the U.S. I, so, I think it was invitational. So, Max had already arrived there. And I think the U.S. was like, we want to play. Uh. And I think they were like, if you want to go at it, like, if Max wants to go at it and, and put their spot on the line. And I don't know. I, I need more info. But they agreed. Mex gets eliminated. Oh, so they didn't even make it to the World Cup. Well, they made it. They just... Oh. <laughs> it's like you get to the club, but you just to the door. <laughs> oh, they stood in line for a month. 
That's long. Those those were long boat rides, man. You're looking yeah. at like 1930s, you know. Yeah, for real. Um, I guess they didn't care, man. They're in Europe. They just yeah. Go vacation, come back, and a, a lot of times, players back then were people with money, so that was just like second, you know. That wasn't a big deal. Um, I need a bit more info. I'm not sure if FIFA made them or they agreed. I need to go revisit. Revisit the archives, uh, but yeah, yeah, wrong side of history with some of these things. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out that '82 qualifier. It looks like Honduras won the the final round and yeah. El Salvador, and then Mexico got five points. They only won one game. Yeah, they had. And Hugo and... Sanchez was the top goal scorer with three goals. I guess it wasn't <laughs> enough. Nah, and that. That team, Honduras did pretty good at the World Cup. Uh, I don't think they went past the past the round, but they played good games. Uh, El Salvador was the ones that got thoroughly humiliated. Oh, I think Hungary, Hungary beat them like ten or twelve. No way. Yeah, it was bad. It was. Bad. Oh wow, ten one. They, they haven't returned to the World Cup since. <laughs> they don't want to show their face. That's a tough group, though. I mean, Belgium, Argentina, and Hungary. Yeah, that was a tough yeah. group, man. Yeah, that was probably the last time Hungary was at a World Cup. Wow. Was that Haji so, on that team? That's the only player I know from Hungary. Or is that Romania? Fuck. That's probably Romania. Fuck. The guy from Barcelona? I yeah, failed. No. He's Romanian. I'm sorry. No, uh, Hungary, yeah. I'm thinking of um, the Panenka, right? They named after him. Yeah, there was Panenka, and then there was Puskas. Uh, Puskas, yeah. Madrid. That's right. A legend. But, yeah, those were... <laughs> Damn, I'm 0 for 2, bro. Antonin Panenka's from... <laughs> Slice Czechoslovakia. <laughs> oh man. man! Close enough. They're, Close they're enough. A, they're, a, they're a stone's throw from each other. Some of these countries, because some of these countries were at one point together. The same, yeah. Yeah, like Yugoslavia is now like Croatia and well, was, Slovenia and shit. Was like Yugoslavia became Serbia and Montenegro, and then I don't know. It's it's yeah. You know, I mean, it's... you're looking at you're looking at you just mentioned West Germany, and you could we could look in there and instead of Russia, it was the Soviet Union, the CCP, or CCCP, whatever it was. But it was Soviet Union, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. And there was two Germanys, so it was West Germany and. The That's East. crazy. It's kind of like Ireland, right? There's like North Ireland, and then there's yeah. Ireland. Yeah. So, it's trippy. It's trippy seeing it. Some of these, some of these teams don't ex- exist anymore. I remember in the 2006 World Cup, there was a nation that it was going to be their first and only uh, World Cup because, like the they the the country changed or something. It was uh, huh? Serbia and Montenegro, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just a trip, trip what we're seeing. But so what well, I, I don't. What you're saying is huh? this gold cup is meaningless, and you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, well, not 
that's not meaningless, but no need to exaggerate. The sky isn't falling. I see. Mexico could not, could, could you know, bomb, and it doesn't mean that the team all of a sudden sucks, you know? Um, this has always been the case with Mex, where it's like, usually they, they do well at the first Gold Cup at the start of the cycle, and then the second one, they always seem to, like, not play as well, or they just exit out. And we've seen it with all the coaches. We talked about La Volpe, you know. He won it. He won the first one, right, when he, we talked about how he played Brazil twice. Right. But then he did horrible the second one. And that was, like, one of his marks that gets ignored a lot, where he never managed to win a second-round game outside of Mexico. So that was the only time he won Interesting. a second-round game. And there was... And that was Mex playing other games at Azteca. But when he played the second Gold Cup, when he played uh, Confederaciones, World Cup, I believe Copa America as well, um, all exits, second round exits. I mean, but you can say that a lot about almost every coach for La Selección. Nah, nah, because we've seen them do, well, at least Confederaciones, when it was on, you would see them get pretty far. Yeah. Olympics as well, because he coached Olympic. He coached the Olympic team. Is when he said, if I don't bring a medal, I'm, I'm quitting. And then they, they get eliminated in the group stage. <laughs> he was like, what? So he's like, stop bringing up old shit, you know? <laughs> he just, they just ignore that. Um, But, no, I, I think... We've seen Mex coaches do pretty good, like in other tournaments, maybe not World Cup, but like at least other tournaments where they've gone and, and at least managed to to go past that group stage. So yeah, this this is the one where uh, I I guess we could add a bunch of reasons to it, but we always see the Mex team just kind of falter. We'll have to see how it goes. I mean, this tournament, even though it's not very prestigious, this is uh, Mexico's tournament to lose. They're definitely the the best squad out of all the group is they have the best players. Uh, I'm looking at the matchups, so it seems like it's going to be uh, Qatar versus El Salvador. And Honduras versus Mexico. And then it's going to be, uh, these are already official, Costa Rica, Canada, and USA, Jamaica. So those those games are already official. Uh, those will happen on Sunday. So um, Mexico played Honduras, right, if I'm not mistaken? Or maybe they didn't. I forget. No, you're, you're thinking Guatemala. No, in the, um, in the Nations League. Oh, okay, you're talking about yeah. Nations League. Yeah, in the Nations League. Yeah, they well they didn't lose. Um, they had to go to I mean, penalties. They lose to the U.S., but it was penalties. But they didn't lose in regular time. Yeah, I could I could still see Max making the final. Um, I do think they're favorites because you said they have the strongest squad. But you know, football a lot of times one offs you get upsets. If if this was NBA style, best of six. And they'll, they'll be clear-cut <laughs> winners. They'll be clear-cut winners. But it's 
it's one game. Anything could happen in one game. Uh, you know, you already seen like with was it Chucky that's missing now? Yeah. Uh, and then didn't another player get injured? Possibly. Well, another one could. Another one. Could. <laughs> another one of jinx. I don't want. Um, wait, Tecat- Tecatito was he? Oh, he's good. Injured. Oh, he's good. All right. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Um, but you know, things like that happen, or player does a dumb mistake, red card. Right. Any, any, any of these things end up could end up costing you the game. Yeah, so if Mexico takes care of uh, Honduras, I believe they would match up against uh, Costa Rica and the winner of Canada. So they're always going to try and make the Mexico-USA the final, potentially. Uh, We'll have to see how it goes. But the Vegas, uh, sorry, the final will be in Vegas on August first. You're, you're prepped to go, Jaime. I am. I mean, hopefully they don't screw the pooch. Hopefully they <laughs> they get the job done, and you know I'll see them in the in Vegas. But yeah, that's the plan. Kind of shifting gears and talking about something a little bit more prestigious. We have the Olympics kicking off. I think the women's side has already kicked off, but um, the men's side will be going live on Thursday. Uh, For us here in the States, it'll be Wednesday. So depending if you're on the East Coast or West Coast, you might be up at 1 a.m., you might be up at 4 a.m. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's early enough to... You know, be able to record it and then, you know, watch it the first, like, first thing in the morning and just turn off all your notifications. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I used to just stay out. This brings me back to the Korea-Japan. Oh, yeah? Korea-Japan World Cup. Same, would stay up to watch, to watch the games really late. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, you know. I think a lot of people uh, want Mexico to win, like, uh, you know, a medal. But, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't get a little, you know, too exaggerated. I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I mean, you talked about it. It's like France. I don't see that. It's Japan, I, the host, yeah, and then them. Africa. Yeah, I see them. I see them. Leaving early. <laughs> uh, tonight's thumbnail is actually a potential lineup for Mexico. Diego Lainez, Henry Martin, and Alexis Vega up top. Sebastián Córdoba, Luis Romo, and Charlie Rodríguez in the midfield. Eric Aguirre, Memo Vázquez, César Montes, Jorge Sánchez, and then Ochoa as goalkeeper. I mean, this is this is a stacked team, man. I don't know what team France will bring, but this this team is stacked, man. I mean, they got well, they lost like eight players, right? Like eight, eight of their starters, but they do have Guignac, 
proven to be an expert at scoring against Mexicans. And uh, and King Yuck's buddy that's joining him for the Tigres, right? Florin. Taubin. both of those dudes up. Yep. Yeah, that'll be special being able to see Gignac versus uh, Mexico. Uh, there's a few Liga MX players, um, so he'll he'll recognize a few players. So yeah, it should be good. He also has a tendency to score against Ochoa, so uh, <laughs> hopefully that that's not the case. I thought I thought Ochoa was at the Gold Cup. That's how much nah. attention I've been. <laughs> he so went to the attention. No, Talavera's our there. goalie. <laughs> I was there. Oh man! I was at the game at the. I don't even remember what game was. What game was it? I mean, uh, the, the friendly opener? Nigeria. Oh, it was a friendly. There you go. He was at the friendly though, right? No. 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 No, it was uh, Talavera. It was uh, Orozco. Playing tricks on me, man. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Ricardo says uh, Copa Oro has been poop, but Qatar has been playing fun, good football. And he says El Salvador feels like Mexico. Uh, Mexico's performance against Brazil when they tied in the World Cup, except they lost. <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, like that El Salvador team was uh, they they played well. You know, they weren't able to get a point, but you know, they got my respects. Yeah, it, every time they play with, you know, Max, they. You know they what's just... um, interesting in the only uh, Gold Cup that Chicharito ever played in, uh, he scored a hat trick against El Salvador, and that match uh, has been talked about as being uh, fixed, like it was a fixed match. So, kind of, oh. yeah. But if it was fixed, I think it was fixed from the Salvador side. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. So where it's like, like Mex wasn't in on it. And then the fix is on like the betting. So it was it on the betting. Like, definitely. They're losing, they're losing by three goals. And that, that could be it, you know, where it's like they're, they're going to lose by this, this amount of goals. And that's because they were... They were, and we talked about it. We were talking about just how they, they almost lost their affiliation to FIFA. Yeah. You know, because of all the stuff that was going on. And there's some stories. I, I remember reading one a few years back. So Salvador, like it was like a promoter. I don't know if he was tied to the Salvadorian FA, but he organized the game. Uh, well, he, some African team reached out to them. I guess they wanted a friendly and so they but when they went they took a they took a club a club team I forgot the name of the Metapan or something like that oh yeah they took a club team over there and they were posing as the national team and I guess they um they figured it out man I think the match was canceled I mean, oh wow! Think, so it says on September twentieth, twenty thirteen, the Salvadorian Football Federation banned fourteen Salvadorian players for life 
due to their involvement with match fixing while playing uh, in that match. So, uh, yeah, they got banned for life Damn. for for throwing the match that five zero. I thought it was kind of weird because Mexico was already like winning four zero, and then out of nowhere they like call that penalty. It was like totally unnecessary. And then Javier, I think he missed it, like the goalie blocked it, but then. I think like the goalie let him score like the rebound or something. It was it was just like something really peculiar. The, the goalie died. <laughs> like, he was, He's like pendejo. He was I... <laughs> He's like, dude, I told you not to hit it on this side, bro. Like, <laughs> when he catches it, he throws it back. <laughs> Trying to make it look like he is deflecting it. Yeah. Yeah, man. There was a lot of shady stuff going on in that FA, and it's like. You have to wonder how much, and, you know, a lot of times it's, it's like the, the dirigentes are involved, you know, uh-huh. so it's hard to pull something like that, just going to the players. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. So, I mean, good, good for them that they managed to get things together and they have, you know, there, there's been a lot of smoke getting blown up their ass. <laughs> about the performance and, and a big, big reason because of the Hugo Perez, former U.S. I think he's, I don't know if he's, he's he was born here. I don't know if he has Salvador. I know he's of like his parents from El Salvador. Who? I don't know. If, their coach, Hugo, Hugo Perez, oh. I believe is his name. And he played at the 94, I think he played in the 94 World Cup. Mm. He was in that squad. He was at that early squad. Uh, with the U.S. when they when they just bounced oh, back, he represented uh, and, the U.S. team. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I guess he's he's doing a pretty good job over there. Nineteen ninety four World Cup and the nineteen eighty four Summer Olympics. Wow, he was the nineteen ninety one U.S. Soccer Athlete of the Year. And was inducted to the National Soccer Hall of Fame in 2008. I've never heard of this kid, man. That's so weird. It was way before your time, Jaime. <laughs> How old were you in 94? Four. <laughs> You're watching uh, cartoons. Uh, yeah, nah, even, even like I missed out on, on him. I just remember hmm. I just remember his name. But, cause, but he was already like on his way out. You know, because it was they say playing since '84, so yeah, I'm not I'm not that old. He <laughs> must have played alongside uh, Hugo Sanchez at one point at the San Diego Soccer's. Yeah, could have, could have very well. He probably Mario did. Could have played. So your prediction for the Olympics: Mexico's not getting out of the group stage. Uh, no, no. I mean, and this was, I, I said it thinking France was going to bring in a strong team. Mm. So my prediction was, was on that they would lose to France. And then that just, we talked about the stat, the statistics on how teams that lose the first game in, in, in a group, group stage, you know, it's, it's how much difficult it is to advance. Yeah. Um, and and but but then France sort of became weakened, so, but I mean I already made my prediction. I'm just gonna double down. That 
that to me, I'm not making excuses, but that to me could, you know, it's it's obviously in, in Mexico's favor now to to play a team that's less, not, not as strong as they could be. Because France has been, you know, talent-wise the past, what, 20 years? Maybe more, going back to 98. So since before 98, you know, it's a team that's just been... It's been relevant. Out so many... Huh? I said they just stayed relevant, you know? Yeah, they started bringing in just so many players coming out. You know, Sidon, Henry, all these guys. There's a long list of players that you could name that are just top quality and big. And of course, big, big reason for that. It's, you know, they've been doing a really good job with youth. Yeah, I want to know what's in the water over there in France, but I mean, they've been so good. It's also very funny because it's like for every good World Cup, they have like a one that's just a flop, you know, like 98, you win it. 2002, you don't get out of the group stage. No. And then what? and then in 06, Zidane carries you to the final, lose it. 2010, you, you don't even make it. You make it out of the, you don't even make it out of the group stage. It's like it's just weird like that with France. And that's that's when they lost to Max. That's right, they did. Thanks to they uh, almost did it. Chicharito. They almost did it. That was the Henry handball against Ireland. He he scored with his hand. I think it was Henry, but they 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 were doing the the one off, and he he you know. Oh, yeah. I got a bonus pick with him because he did celebrate that goal. It was a clear handball. It gets him to the World Cup. (laughs) And when uh, Javier Hernandez, years later, scores that tap-in for Real Madrid against Atletico, you know, Ronaldo did all the work, and then he passed the ball to Javier, and Javier scores, and he celebrates it like, you know, he just won the World Cup. Henri was like, why is he celebrating that goal? Like, he didn't do anything. He just tapped it in. I'm like, bro, uh, I'm like, bro you celebrated a handball. Stop it. Well, but you know, because the thing also for Javier, you know, and he was, uh, you're talking about the Atletico Madrid? Yeah. And he scores against Atletico. In the Champions and, League, and, yep. know, yeah. Yeah, so it's a Champions League, and he had been getting just, just so few opportunities. That's right. Where he would score a goal and then he would get benched for like four games. Like, Good job. Here, now go back to the bench, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's that's why it's such a big moment for him. It was a I mean, it was yeah. an accumulation of just you know him like getting kicked out by Manchester United by Louis Van Gaal, and then you know or was it Moyes? I, I forget who was in charge at the time. And then just like get, getting this opportunity to uh, play for Madrid, and everybody knew he was going to be a bench warmer, but that hard work and grit, he finally just it paid off on that goal. Unfortunately, oh, they, the fans just, liked him. If you yeah, fans, they really liked him. They did. Um, but... And unfortunately, you know they they weren't able uh, to go to the Champions League final that year. Um, as soon as. As soon as Zidane took over, <laughs> they won three in a row. So he he missed that whole experience. But yeah, that was a that was those were the the good days 
It's kind of crazy to say that he played for Madrid and Manchester United. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, very few. Very few Ricardo says, Javier was at Madrid because of Slim's company doing business with my tío Florentino Perez. <laughs> yeah, there was an article that just came out today about about some Mexicans um, being tied to some type of scandal. I just really, yeah, it, it, I've seen it, and that that could be. But I mean, he still he still made it there. Um, yeah, like when people say, "Come on, he sucks," like, dude. You don't just end up at Real Madrid because you suck, bro. Like that's such a hard thing to do. <laughs> so, yep, Olympics kick off Wednesday night, one a.m. for the West Coast, four a.m. for the East Coast. Should be exciting. And then we have Liga Mekis on Thursday. Already kicking off the season. Wow. Querétaro vs. Club America at 7 p.m. I know it's on the road, but I think America has this one in the bag. Although they're not going to have Ochoa. Do you think it will matter much? Um, No, their backup goalie is actually really good. Uh, I, I forgot his name, but when I went to go cover that match in San Jose, uh, it, it stayed 1-0 because of him. Like, if it wasn't for that goalie, Atlas would have at least tied the game. So, yeah, he, he's a he's not a bad backup goalie. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to affect them. So, what are your predictions for this upcoming season? Cruz Azul finally got the monkey off their back. Do you expect them to maintain that level yes. and uh, defend their title successfully? I don't know if they could defend it successfully because, again, it's the, the whole Liga thing and one, one bad game. But I do see them still being favorites. Uh, I'm curious about how, how um, Piojo's going to do with Tigres. That's gonna be weird, good, man. Well, I I think he's a good coach. I know I know there's a lot of Max fans talking about he's just a motivator. But if that was the case, he wouldn't have done. He's done so much, even at Cholos. Like, and you're not gonna get that part just if you're just tickling their nuts, you know. Um, so I I think I don't know, man, because. Now you know with with um with Tuca gone, he was he carried a lot of weight, but Tuca was part of the old guard, you know, the old guard of the directiva that's gone. So it's it's a new regiment, new people there. Yeah, exactly, new regiment, and so I kind of have to wonder, okay, how much, how much, like. How much power now would someone like Gignac have now? You know? Could he have a stronger presence than Piojo? 
<laughs> I mean, this is this is Jinak's team right now, man. At this point, that's why. Whose whose team is it? You know, and that's that's the thing that it's like because man, if if it's something this Tigres and this whole international thing, and so if push came to shove, I know they would they would they would prefer Gignac. You know, they just they're trying so hard to shake off that equipo chico image. And right now they have two French internationals, which is like, it's, you know, it's a, a, a World deal. Cup winner. <laughs> a, and a World Cup winner. So yeah. if someone has to kick rocks, it's going to be Piojaso. So I got to see how he's going to handle that, you know, how he's going to handle that squad. And, and I don't know much about how Gignac is, like locker room wise, like, is he going to, you're gonna try to like you know i know um he wasn't the captain uh he wasn't the captain of the team they gave it to uh oh yeah i know i'm just saying like i'm waiting for them him him to get the armband it's just gonna be weird man because you have so check this out you have biojo at tigres and ferretti didn't retire he's at juarez now you know so it's like what the you know that's just so weird and... Well, the thing with Juarez because I did think he was gonna retire. Yeah. And and I and I said it here. Any anything, any anything, Liga MX for him. Short of like having the same deal as Tigres, which he was not gonna get anywhere, is pretty much backtracking. Yeah. But so why why go to Juarez? I mean, not Juarez. Yeah, Juarez. Well, because because one of the persons that took over was from the was from Tigres one of like the one of the oh really an owner or like a president yeah so he took he took Tuca you know oh I see Tuca I guess I guess he owed this guy you know like this guy was probably used to give Tuca like free range man (laughs) and so so he probably said hey man you want to come over here you know you same deal, you know? Yeah. And he was probably just... Because Tuca's a really good coach. Uh, right. You know, despite, despite his... You know, they, they might say his coaching is outdated or whatnot. He's still a very good and successful coach. Um, so that's also... And, and, and I had forgotten. <laughs> so you brought it up. That's also going to be interesting. Um you know how that team's gonna do, and you know it takes a while though. It, it it takes a while sometimes when you're starting with a team, so it could take him a while for it. And it, let's see how long he is at at Juarez, um, and and what what he's able to do over there. Did I say Juarez? I mean Juarez. Uh, as for Piojo, yeah, it's it's a big thing. Uh, that's. That could be the the downfall for him. I don't know if, you know, if if he could navigate through that, and I I don't think Kinyak could it will be like a headache, but you never know. You, you know who knows. So, big. this so, yeah, I'm looking at this Juarez team, man. They're they're I mean, they have they still have Marco Fabian. Um, they have. <laughs> They just announced uh, Paul. He brings the Pomos. <laughs> they just announced Paul Aguilar, who, by the way, yeah. played at Juarez uh, when it was Indios. 
He got loaned out. All right. Yeah. And then uh, I remember, if I'm not mistaken, when he was at Indios, he, they played against Pachuca, and he scored, and he celebrated. And then after that, he got sold to America. <laughs> they didn't like that. <laughs> um, now they also picked up a few Chivas players. So Oscar Macias, who is a stud uh, playing for uh, Tapatio. He's joining Juarez and also Madueña, Jose Antonio Madueña. Uh, really weird about that one because he was part of Belaz's, uh, you know, sing- signings. And he never really played for the team. So now he's off to Juarez. And now they have Tuca Ferretti. So um, I definitely expect them to do better than last season. Yeah, no, they should. They should. I mean, they have they have the coach there, you know. They could right some wrongs. We have Ricardo saying that don't sleep on Tijuana. They'll be a dark horse this season. Cibolde thrives with Equipos yeah. Chicos. Yes, excellent point. And another dude I forgot about. I've been big on Tivoldi. Um, and it's another dude that also gets some hate. But like Ricardo said, he he uh, what he did at what he did at Santos was just phenomenal uh, when he took the team and then how they won the league. And just Veracruz was the team where he crashed hard. And you really can't blame him when the players were old, like three, four months back pay. Some of them were like getting evicted. <laughs> it, was, it was just bad. It was just bad. So I was like, what's going on? First I was like, why would he take that job? <laughs> why is he going to Veracruz? Uh, and and then just the whole mess. That that just surprised me there. I don't know what. But what he did at Cruz Azul was also very good. So He got close. I, I, I think, I do think I agree with Ricardo. I think uh, he will thrive at, at Tijuana, a team like that. You know, it just was to see also is Tijuana going to bring in players to help them succeed? Or are they going to give them the Busa treatment? Just pull from Cantera. Another match that took place was the Copa de Campeones. And uh, Leon ended up losing to Cruz Azul 2-1. So Cruz Azul is yeah. the campeón de campeones. Another, see, another title for the for the cement mixers. And that was the <laughs> first game for uh, Olan, Colgan, the Argentine, that took over Nacho, who's in Spain now. And uh, and so this this RG guy, he's, he's supposed to be a good coach. You know, he, he comes with a pretty good record. Uh, so let's see what he does with Leon. Yeah, unfortunately, because Leon were not able to win, uh, Chivas were, were going to, the result was pending for them to join the League's Cup. But because they, Leon didn't win, Chivas will not be going to the League's Cup. Ah, that was a thing. I thought they were gonna play each other. I didn't think it was. It came to that. 
Yeah, so it's going to be Kansas City, Orlando, Seattle, New York, and then on the Mexican side, Tigres, Pumas, León, and Santos. So it's like Super Liga all over again. What is it's Super Liga 3.0 at this point? <laughs> uh, it's not going away, gentlemen. <laughs> you will learn to like it. It's not going away because there's going to be a MLS first Liga MX All Star match on August twenty fourth. Yeah, it's happening, yeah, guys. Yeah. We're merging. <laughs> not, but the merger is not like you imagine. You know, it's it's it'll be more like as a cup, as a cup. Uh, if there ever is a merger, we will see it like in Europe first, like when they they were planning that Super League. Ah and yes. So once if that happened, then yes, eventually, it would start changing. It would start changing the business model for a lot of, a lot of places. Just like how, you know, how companies here became conglomerates. Like some companies started taking over, and just became like one super company. Yeah. And so, yeah. Once that <clears> happens, <throat> and then other other just follow suit. And so, yeah, eventually that would that would happen as well. I'm also very curious. Um, thanks for pointing that out, Ricardo, about Necaxa. Uh, he was saying that Juarez has the cash. They have American investors like Necaxa. We all know that Necaxa was uh, 50% has been sold to a bunch of investors in the States, you know, including Eva Longoria, Verlander, Kate Upton, there's a lot of celebrities on that list that have taken 50% of Nekaxa. So I'm very curious to see how they perform. They certainly can't do worse than last season being dead last with 11 points. I mean, I think for them, the only way is up, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, yeah, exactly. We're seeing, we're seeing this stuff happening and like even the whole business model, there was a, few days ago where they was talking about the net worth of a lot of the the US franchises and then they're 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 up there in yeah in money, you know, and it's surprising because What do you think is the most valuable franchise? LA Galaxy? Uh, no, I think it was I think it was LAFC. No so, way. But I I would have to look at the list again. But yeah it was an LA team. I just assume it'd be like the most successful team, which is LA Galaxy, but LAFC definitely have well, made take into account like like facilities like yeah um, stadium and all of that and that that could go up. So you could see the LAFC the bank called the bank stadium. That's right. Being worth more than the. Their name so many times. The Dignity Sporting Health Sporting Park or something. It's yeah. It's always going to be Home Depot for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Home Depot. So, you know, because it's, it's over there. It's cool. It's in like in the college campus. It must be. Yeah. How, how, do you remember how much Jorge Vergara sold Chivas USA for? It's like 10 million. It was like ten million. Sources say MLS million. paid twenty-five million. Okay. 25. 
Wow. Can you imagine if he had known how much LAFC would be worth now? That's crazy. Well, well, not LAFC, the franchise. Yeah. He was sitting on the gold. He didn't know, man. He sold it he for... He didn't know what he had. Sold it oh, for chump change, man. Manage. He didn't know how to manage it. He just... Yeah. He thought... He thought, okay, we give him the Chivas uniform. We call him Chivas. But it was like off-brand Chivas. It was like the cereal that comes in a bag. It's like, <laughs> you know... It's, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, instead of... You know, instead of the Cocoa Krispies, it tastes like... Something it's like the cereal you get in a bag. <laughs> it's just all friend and it's like bad players, like the bad, not even the good Canterano, there was maybe two good ones, but 20 bad ones. And it's just horrible. Everything was horrible. I think where they messed up was like, okay, this isn't going to work. Can't, can't replicate the whole thing. Chiba thing, you know, because it was never going to be allowed. And they said, we're only going to allow like Mexican or, or, or Latino players or players of Mexican. And that, that was just going to be screaming about type of lawsuits here. So that they were never going to replicate that. And just putting on the uniform and the was like, yeah, that's not going to yeah, it. It was a great idea, but I mean, you got to give him credit. He was a he was a visionary, you know. That was a smart thing to do. Nah, man, it was a bad thing. It was pitiful. I was there. I was there, and I covered them the first four years. Uh huh. It was bad. It was almost empty. You could walk into like on game day, and you could get tickets for five bucks. <laughs> really good too. And then they would promotions. I'm, I'm, family pack. Yeah. It was like four tickets. Uh, it was four tickets, four hot dogs. A Chiba girl calendar. 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> 50 bucks doesn't even get you to a molero now, man. It's, it's, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it was just, it was bad, man. The, uh, they did get to a point, and it was with the coach, the, the LA Galaxy. I mean, LAFC coach Bradley. Bradley, when he came in, he actually turned them around, and they had a good run, a year or two, where they were playing good, and there was fun to watch. Once he left, they sort of crashed again. You could just see that they were they were getting <laughs> but I, I think once that whole you know that gimmick, because that what it was, like the gimmick, the gimmick's not working. They should have rebranded. And also, like, they never really thought about, like, the stadium, which was a big there. They were sharing the home people. Yeah. So they were, like, squatting there. <laughs> they really don't want the guests. So it was just poorly planned, I think. Just lacked, and and you know part of that was around that beginning to have problems with Angelica. That's right. So, 
and he wasn't the only owner. He was part owner. There was another Mexican business. He owned like a part of the team as because they were, yeah. Wow. Chivas USA won their conference in 2007. That's crazy. Bob, that was uh, after Bob Bradley, but there was some notable players that played for Chivas USA. They had Alejandro Moreno, Giancarlo Maldonado, Razov, Sacha, Guzman, Bornstein. Yeah, all of those young guys, all of them were young. They got their like start uh, there, huh? That's right. Yeah, they because when when they were building the team, uh, they sent Hans Westerhoff, and so Hans was supposed to take some of the juveniles from Chivas, but I don't think they let him bring <sighs> the crap ones. And then the guy bringing players from the U.S. was Thomas Rongen. He was like he had been like the coach. He really got the good, you know. He got the, he got a pick of the really good good ones. Like five of them ended up being selected. Yeah. And going to Europe and all that. He did. He did. He did a pretty good job. Uh, but I think on the next part was just bad. I can't even remember. <laughs> so. But my my favorite story, because I was there for the for their opener, uh-huh. and they had and they had um, Pulpo Suniga, Pulpo Suniga. Uh huh. The goalie. Yeah, that they brought because they brought Pulpo Suniga, they brought Ramon Ramirez. They, these guys they brought him in crutches. <laughs> they them out of the and he's like, go play, man. And uh, Valencia was supposed to come, but then he start. But pretty sure it was Suniga, and he starts the game. And like five minutes in, or less than five minutes, the first dive he does, he never gets back up. <laughs> 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 he remember him diving, and then it's like, what's going on? Taking a nap. And then they could, you know, they wheel him out and they throw in Gusan and Gusan was still a rookie. Had to like. That's so funny. It, was, it worked brilliant for him, and then that's it. I don't remember. I don't remember, Sunni got playing again, dude. That was that. Like, that was his. Uh, that was his. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He was, he already had his guaranteed pay, so he just stayed home. <laughs> yeah, it's he interesting. Pulpo. He got his stimulus. I don't need to go to work. I just got my monthly checks coming in. There's a story about this guy who basically, uh, he likes, he like, uh, faked his whole like football career uh, like guy. and like yeah he like managed to get signed by all these teams but he would fake his injury when he would start playing <laughs> <laughs> but he managed to like convince like a like at least three or four times that you know that he was a professional soccer player and he wasn't but he just i forgot 
I forgot his name, and the one time they made him play, and they had to, and the, the player made him play. I mean, the coach forced him in to play, and uh, to fight with the fans to get kicked out. Uh, Carlos Kaiser. Yeah. And when... Oh, he started at Puebla. <laughs> Although his abilities were far short of professional standard, he managed to sign for numerous teams during his dec decade-long career. He never actually played a regular game. His only appearance ending in a red card minutes after being brought upon. <laughs> Wow, so he he impressed the scouts of Puebla and uh, during a training session and was signed by the club and then he was a good friend of Carlos Alberto Torres, Ricardo Roca so I guess that was his network Ricardo Roca if that's the Argentine coach gonna be the guy that coached Max 78 uh, Brazilian. Oh, it's a Brazilian? Yeah. Uh, it says... He had the physical shape similar to professional footballers, but lacked the skills. His fraud consisted of signing a short contract and stating that he was lacking mat finish, so he would spend the first weeks only with physical training where he could shine. When he had to train with other players, he would feign an injury... The technology at the time made it difficult to detect the fraud. <laughs> <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> I, I don't think it's uh, I say it jokingly. I just think these guys are just, you know, in their Dude, that is so crazy. The fact that he was able to sign for, like, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen teams, bro. How? Yeah, well, the other part, depending, because there's also that whole crooked football, like the laundering. Yeah. If you guys ever want to read an interesting story, just Google Carlos Kaiser footballer and you'll I would, I wonder if he wrote a book, man. That is that is pretty interesting. Oh, they have a film. The Kaiser, the greatest footballer never to play football. <laughs> well, uh ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 294 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. Do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? I think you've said it all. 
just waiting to see who makes place next at the Cold Cup. And I said, I'm excited for Liga Mexico. Sorry. More for the stories. That's what interests the coaches. You're kind of cutting off there, Joel. Oh. You hear me now? Yeah. Wait. Can you hear me now? I have. My mic was like on the wrong side. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, excited for the league because it's going to be starting soon. And more so for the stories we see from, you know, like like how we talk about Tuca and, and Civoldi and, and all these other guys, Piojo coming in and, and the stories that happen, you know, because these are like known, known players, uh, coaches and whatnot. Uh, I guess we have a question from Ricardo. Joel, if Chivas could only let one foreigner play for them, who would you like to acquire? Oh, man. I'm going to go for the most obvious. It would be between uh, Cristiano and Messi. Oh, he said those don't count. (laughs) Those don't count. (laughs) I mean... I remember, oh, do you remember the rumor that, like, Zidane was going to go to Chivas USA? I remember that rumor. No. <laughs> I remember that rumor. I don't know what sites you were reading. I don't remember. That was on Big Soccer, bro. Just, no, man. I don't know who came up with that. that just, <laughs> they didn't have money. They had no money. <laughs> uh, if the, the teams back then, if the most poor was Galaxy, of course, and... Maybe like Washington D.C. back then, but nah, not you. As you would say, that was just smoke. Right now, current, I don't know, man. Because if you're gonna break that rule, it's it has to be a big name, someone like that, like someone iconic mm. that transcends. Yeah, but who, not would just they ever any pl- regular? But would they play for Chivas? No. No, I mean, but we're hypothetical here, you know. Just oh. like, you know, we're just saying it so. Nah, I just can't see no one. I just, yeah, um, I just it's like one of those questions. Like I don't know, I, I I can never see Chivas play with not Mexicans. I could see them somehow allowing naturalizados. You know, I could see that happening in the near future, but that would be pushing it. Yeah, that that will probably come to it. Um, like if maybe if Funes Mori wanted to. He wanted to play for Chivas. I would not be against it, man. <laughs> if it went, if it, but I think Chivas would probably be more strict and be like they never represented the other country. Oh, I think they would. I think they would be more strict than the selection. But that is a possibility if the trend continues. I think as long as Chivas are still within one title every ten years, they won't change. But if they did end up going into a Cruz Azul style 20 year then yeah because they'll be in danger of like losing losing fans you know well, we talked about how clubs that were big end up just fading away and so it could happen of course it's a possibility yeah um, resting so, on their laurels so- and their history I mean we've been coasting on Seven titles from the '60s for quite some time. <laughs> you know? I, I, aside for big tuna, I don't, I don't have any, 
any player. I did have a favorite player back in the days, Pavel Nedved. Oh, Nedved was great, man. Republic. I used to love watching him play. I would watch Juventus games because of him. And it was sad when he uh, he missed the final because he got a yellow card during the semi. When the champions or what? Yeah, I was in the Champions League, and because of that yellow card, it was like uh, accumulation, so he missed the final. And I think it was Juventus Milan, and and Milan had Dida, and he cheated on all the penalty. He stopped like three or four. Oh, really? He, he got, cheated because he got off his line. To, yeah, he he and this dude's huge. He's six foot five, and he moved like three four steps. He he went up three four steps each time, and the ref is supposed to like. Yeah, back know, then they didn't care. I was watching no, the I mean, the shootout between Liverpool and Milan, where you know Liverpool miraculously came back and won in PKs. They were all yeah. off their lines, bro. Dida would definitely. Yeah, and and it's crazy because I remember, and I was watching back then. We had a uh, Fox Sports Americas. They used to call it Fox Sports Argentina because. All of their programming was from TYC, Tornels y Competencias, from Argentina. So they had this show with Fernando Niembro was the guy's name. He had like a talk show where he interviewed players. He was interviewing Treseguet, and Treseguet was at... Juve. Yeah, he was at Juve. Juve. And, yeah, and he told him like, hey, man, how come you guys didn't say anything about Dila going like that? Like, clear violation. And it was like, eh, I think it didn't matter. But I guess now it doesn't matter for him. They had already lost. Yeah. But I did. Same as this guy. How come they weren't protesting that? How come they didn't protest? I don't know. No, you know, and that was that was a thing. But it sucked to have him uh, miss, miss that final. But I did silver lining, Jaime and, and Ricardo. I, I did get to see him play. At the World Cup, when uh, Czech Republic man they oh, destroyed six? the U.S. Yup, he was, was on that him team. And Rosicky. Yeah, oh, Rosicky. Oh, there you go. Oh man, so watching the symphony doing things. Wow, just I liked Thomas Rosicky. He was he was dope, man. Yes, I did get to see him play live. Then he went to Arsenal and shot the bed, but his time at uh, Dortmund <laughs> was great. Yeah, he's top. Well, that's a great story, man. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for the listeners, Ricardo. We also had a last last minute comment from uh, Joe Nawu saying uh, that Carlos story was crazy. Um, but yeah, it's Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, Kaiser, it's a fun read. Yeah, go if you find it. There's yeah. a lot. You'll find a lot because a lot of outlets have written on him. Uh, there's probably a YouTube video. If you don't want to read, who wants to read? <laughs> <laughs> you could watch a YouTube. I mean, reading, you'll probably get a bit more info here and there. Yeah. But there's there's some good YouTube vids as well. For sure. Well, I look forward to seeing Mexico and France Thursday. Well, it'll be Wednesday for us. And uh, also looking forward to Liga Mekis returning Back in action on Thursday. Uh, this is Jaime Landeros and Joel signing out. Thank you guys so much, and we'll catch you next week.